What up? And welcome to another episode of Free Basketball Grizzlies Edition. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are presented to you by the Lead Sports Media. We have a special, special, special episode this week. We're bringing it out on a Thursday, so if you're listening to it today, thank you so much. This is a special NFL Draft episode. We are exactly a week away from the draft. The draft is April 29th at 7 p.m. Central. So we wanted to kind of dabble into the draft. I love the NFL, as most people do. And we want to make sure we have a chance to kind of dive deep into the NFL draft. And so I thought, who can I get that could help us out, make our brains a little bit bigger, make me a little bit smarter? And so I found Josh Allen. Josh is a very good friend of mine. We have connected on the Locker Room app. You're going to hear that a lot. Uh, the Locker Room app, if you haven't downloaded it yet, is awesome. It's, it's a good place where sports fans can come together as well as uh, just kind of talking about other things in life. So we connected on there and have uh, been in many of rooms together talking many of things, whether it's NBA basketball, NFL uh, football, or if it's really just wrestling. Uh, and you'll hear in the clutch time, my first question is definitely going to be wrestling. Uh, but we dig into the draft uh, just a little bit, um, I thought. But Josh dove deep. He gave me people I've never heard of. He, we, I think he might have dove deep into the offensive lineman or defensive lineman. I'm not sure. And he was talking about the, the 20, 20th overall offensive lineman that I've never heard of in my life. And that is the kind of information you're going to get. Uh, we, we get into his top uh, overall players, the top three. Uh, we get into some unrated players. I bring up Kenneth Gainwell, and boy, if you could have saw the Zoom, that the, the video of him, his, his smile ear to ear, he absolutely loves Kenneth Gainwell, and you'll hear about him, uh, talk about him, but there's also other people he gets into. Uh, then we dig into some overrated players. Um, we dig into the, the quarterbacks, um, who's going, you know, kind of what order he thinks and, and kind of just on the quarterbacks. There's about five uh, that people are talking about, and so we dig into them a little bit more. Uh, and as I continuously say, dig, I apologize. I'm going to try to use a different word, but um, we, we then uh, figure out uh, the player versus player comparison, who he likes. It, Everybody knows that you know people have talked about the wide receivers out of Alabama, so we'll so we'll figure out if he likes uh, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith and, and and different players like that, and then we finish with his with his mock draft, his top ten. We don't get too too crazy. We don't want to go through the entire first round, so we we go ahead and uh, discuss the, his mock draft with him. He gives us a, a little extra sprinkles on some uh, Tennessee Titans team. Um, he wants to make sure that he kind of digs into that. Uh, as I said, dig again, I apologize. Uh, but we talk about that and, uh, make sure that it's a, um, a very local podcast feel. Um, and before I even said anything, he ends the show with talking about Grizzlies. I didn't prompt him. I didn't even, I planned to maybe talk about the Grizzlies a little bit, but Josh is such a good host and such a good guy that he wanted to talk about the Grizzlies and the return of Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into our special episode this week with Josh Allen and the NFL Draft. Hot route, hot route. We got an audible this week. We are going to dabble into 
the NFL draft. I have a friend of mine that is um, with us today. He is the writer and host of the Audible. It's his show with the Bucks Report. He is Josh Allen. What's up, Josh? Hey, how are we doing today? What's going on? Man, doing good, doing good. It is a beautiful day, and I saw that we had the NFL draft coming up, and I thought there was nobody else I want to speak with but you. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, we have a uh, we, we want to start our show off as always, even though this is a Grizzlies podcast. I always do a game we call Clutch Time. It's very simple. I ask you a bunch of questions, and you can give me one answer or one word, two words, a hundred words, whatever. I only have one rule, and that is simply give us good stories. And if it's a bad story, keep it to yourself. <laughs> let's do it. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get into clutch time. Josh, you ready? I'm ready. Fire away. All right. Since you do join my uh, my wrestling show every now and then on the Locker Room app, if you're uh, if you're on the Locker Room app, please join us. Uh, sure. But Josh, favorite wrestler as a kid? Oof. This is a tough one. Um, I grew up in the peak of wrestling. We're talking about the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era. Right. Um, when wrestling was at the all-time, we had WCW versus ECW versus WWF. I'm not going to say E because it's WWF always for me. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's tough because I think, that like, like if you're a fan of sports teams and stuff like that, there's this, there's usually one player where you're like, who's the best player? And you're like, oh, it's a given. It's this guy, you know? Right. So, I mean, Stone Cold and The Rock, I feel like they're the, an undertaker are the easiest answers, right? Um, those are guys who were, you know, iconicized, you know, the undertaker for over 30 years, uh, Stone Cold and The Rock were amazing. Um, but for me, like my favorite guy outside of those guys. Yeah was the dead man's brother, Kane. I love Kane. I love the mask. I love the story. I love the fire, the inferno that came up. Um, Kane was probably my favorite wrestler growing up outside of those big three. I'll even go one step further, give you my top five. It's going to be Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Kane, and HBK. Honorable mention, Mick Foley. Wow. So were you a fan of Mick Foley, uh, Mick, Mick Foley, Mankind, and Dude Love? Uh, and Cactus Jack and oh Mick Foley God. as a person. I like all yeah. all iterations of of Mick Foley. I thought he was he was um, he was ahead of his time. The, what he was willing to do to put his body on the line, both as Cactus Jack and Mankind, um, and Mick Foley, the dude love persona, persona with a little you right. know, yeah. uh, that, that was great. Um, but Mankind probably he did some of his best work, I think, as Mankind in that dark, secluded era. And then, you know, even with the rock and sock connection, I mean, right. I think I think Mankind was probably his the best uh, character that he he portrayed uh, while he was wrestling. But um, yeah. and he teamed up with a lot of great people, Undertaker, Kane, uh, the rock, obviously. He had a lot of he had uh, he had a variety of different uh wrestlers and different type of wrestlers that he performed with and he always brought it and he delivered every time and he was he's he's up there for me um yeah as one of my top wrestlers i love that and uh and listener don't worry we're gonna get out of wrestling uh very quickly but <laughs> as you know memphis is wrestling and so uh we have yes, jerry the king lawler 
The Rock actually started here in Memphis. Um, yeah. A little in fact. So um, The Rock is very special to us. Um, and so a lot of so guys started in Memphis. Yeah. I, I think you look back on it um, and there's a lot of wrestling ties here in Memphis, obviously, but there's a lot of people that are big now that got their start in Memphis. Uh, thanks to Jerry Lawler a little bit. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's keep moving on. Uh, this is going to go quick, but I knew we had to get wrestling in there. Uh, this will be quicker here. Um, you, you do have a child at home, uh, favorite Ooh. kids movie, two kids. All right. Favorite kids. Movie oh, favorite kids movie. Like now, or when I was a kid, so I still watch movies from when I was a kid, so, uh, but of all time, because I watch a kid movie probably every day, multiple times a day. So, yes. so what's your, like, what's your, okay. They turned on and they were like, Hey dad, what do you think? You're like, all right, if we're going to watch a kid's movie, let me just turn this on. Cause I actually can enjoy it um i'm old school toy story uh, toy story lion king that my kids were watching a lot and i was like yes um <laughs> sat down yeah. and found myself watching a lot of supposed to doing other things <laughs> the newer movies I, I really i'm really partial to coco i like coco okay. a lot uh milana doesn't doesn't i don't get sick of that one either uh frozen is kind of like oh and not frozen again my daughter is super <laughs> into ariel right now so little mermaid and frozen on repeat i really like ray the last dragon though i, I don't know okay. if you saw that that new one it's on disney plus oh. that was a good one i really like that one uh as a recent recent movie um but then you know you go back free willy mighty ducks all those angels in the outfield all those old school you know questionable kids movies you watch now like this was a kids movie <laughs> the things they're saying but um yeah, and, and some of these remakes are good. You know, the live action, you know, Lion King was all right. And Aladdin, you know, with Will Smith was okay. But um, I, I'm constantly looking for new kids movies because I feel like they don't put enough out. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's not a good, enough good cartoon in kids movies. But uh, I'll go Toy Story, favorite yeah. all time. It's my number one. Classic. Uh, we probably watch one through four at least once a month uh, at minimum. Uh, so I'm, we're always seeing those, but, uh, all right, let's keep it moving. Uh, this is a food question, uh, guilty pleasure for food, guilty pleasure for food. <sighs> I have a palate of a, of a child <laughs> Me as well. So like, uh, I'm not doing these fancy things with all these different vegetables and sauces and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, see my, my guilty pleasure, it has to be ice cream and, um, that that's just, I, I can't get away from it. Uh, even yeah. after my basketball game last night, I literally drove to Kroger and got some um, some ice cream because I had to, had a craving. So I could eat cheeseburgers every single day. Another thing that you guys probably don't know about in Memphis is steak tips. Um, they're kind of a northeastern thing. It's pretty yeah. much flat meat that you cut up, use a jacard or a fork, and tenderize it, and then you throw marinade on it for for you know a day or a couple hours, whatnot, yeah. and throw it on the grill. Phenomenal. But barbecue too. I I'm a sucker for some good barbecue. And cheeseburgers and pizza and I, I love i'm a food i love food man you put it in front of me i'm gonna eat it but oreos is from my guilty pleasure if i'm okay. sneaking out into the into the cabinet at like 12 o'clock at night you know pour myself a glass of milk some double stuff oreos you know four or five maybe six of them and and just go into town on them but that, that's probably my guilty pleasure for food well as everybody's hearing this we're probably now uh hungrier um and hating <laughs> us because of it uh but memphis is barbecue so um i do have i will show you good barbecue if you ever come to memphis uh we'll, we'll take you out uh but let's keep it going a uh, bucket list item of yours just one ah bucket list um i'll go skydiving mm, 
No. I've done indoor skydiving. I want to go out. I want to go skydiving. I've always uh, kind of wanted to do that, jump out of a plane with a parachute. Um, but yeah, that, that's on my bucket list for sure. And travel, more traveler. Yeah, no, no, never would I ever skydive. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, question number five, uh, a hidden talent of yours that people might not know of. Oh, I'm not that talented. <laughs> um, uh, I'm a pretty good party planner. I'm All a pretty right. good party planner. Some people might not know that. I threw an elaborate, extravagant Game of Thrones party um, for the season premiere. Uh, I had like a roasted pig. Um, I had a uh, I had a full band there playing like violin and flute and cello. Uh, I had a uh, a full like entertainment piece where like these guys came all up in like swords and gear and stuff and put wow. on like a, a fight show and. Um, I just, de- I decorated the whole entire thing. Uh, it was pretty, pretty, um, pretty awesome. I was going to curse, yeah. but I didn't know if this was a, a curse. <laughs> it's just an A word, but I had to pause myself there. It was pretty bad A, if you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're good. Awesome. You're good. All right, well, last five. Um, let's go ahead. This is uh, more kind of based around the sports. Uh, favorite sports TV personality? Ooh, um, any sport doesn't matter. Um, anybody that you watch, you're like, all right, if he's calling the game or if he's on my TV, I'm going to watch him. Chris Berman's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I love, you know, but I mean, Gruden back in the day was pretty awesome too when Gruden was in the booth. Yeah. Um, but probably right now it, it, it's a Tony Romo. Um, mm. It's a Tony Romo combo with um, what's his name? Yeah. I know you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> but I just love the way he diagnosed yeah. plays and I love how he, you know, he's so in tune because he was a former player. Right. I love watching Tony Romo call a game right now. Yeah. He breaks it down on a different level. It's not over the top, I'm not trying to use all the big words. He's pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, he's in the backyard calling to play with his kids is what it seems like. Uh, and we're all his yeah. kids hanging out. Um, all right. Uh, you scored a touchdown NFL. What's your TD celebration? I'm going to bust out the worm. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of only the only one of the only dance moves I kind of know how to do. I mean, I <laughs> so might do a Gronk, a Gronk spike, follow it with the worm. I don't know, something like that. That's a hidden talent as well, all in itself. Um, <laughs> the worm. All right, uh, favorite athlete of all time in any sport. Come on, Tom Brady. <laughs> it's that's an easy one. Tom Brady all day. But if we're gonna go outside of Tom Brady, I love Patrice Bergeron. Uh, Bruin, really? uh, Boston Bruins center. Uh, okay. He's an amazing, amazing player and an amazing guy. So I've had the opportunity to meet him several times. And then my man, Jules, you know, retired this year. Yeah. Loves me some Julian Edelman. That, that was sad. Uh, yeah, I uh, I figured you'd go, Tom. I wasn't sure, but uh, a little extra, too, on that. Um, all right, the last two. Personal favorite sports moment of all time. Is it the Super Bowl this year? Is it? Uh, a little shout out to you for getting to uh, interview a lot of people, um, especially was it Patrick Mahomes you interviewed yeah. during the Super Bowl? Um, so, what's your favorite sports moment of all time? That that was really cool. Like my me personally being able to interview these players leading up to the Super Bowl, and then subsequently after the Super Bowl, interviewing Gronk and having my you know having me and my question to Gronk air on ESPN wow. was was amazing. Something I never thought in a million years would ever happen. Um, awesome. but just watching sports, um, that's Super Bowl against the Falcons. You know, oh, it was just yeah. amazing. It was, it was a work of art. 
Yeah. Uh, to have them come back from 28 to three. And I'm sitting there laying down on my floor, like it's over, it's over. <laughs> and then they just, Tom pulls off this amazing run and, and, you know, you got to believe as Jules would say, you got to believe and they pulled it off and ended up winning the Super Bowl in overtime, the first ever overtime game, largest comeback ever. Yeah. That was amazing. Uh, so between that and being able to actually be a part of Super Bowl week and the Super Bowl post game and everything. And I would have been at the Super Bowl if I didn't have COVID. I got COVID that week. Wow. So I'm really lucky that everything was Zoom this year because I wouldn't have been able to have that chance. But because everything was over, you know, Zoom and everything like that, I was able to still be a part of Super Bowl week without actually being at the game. But I'll still never forget not being able to, you know, go to, go to <laughs> it was yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah. Well, that, that, that it's still awesome that you do um, that technology has allowed us to kind of do the whole zoom deal. Uh, but this is uh, the last question. I usually always end with this. Um, it is my favorite. You're starting or taking over a business of your choosing. Doesn't matter. Could be an NFL team could be whatever. Uh, what four other people do you bring in to run it with you and why Four other people to, to join you? Um. Anywhere in the world, doesn't matter who it is. We just like to know. I'm, I'm taking over a team. Yeah, whatever you want. A team, you're taking over. Uh, you're not taking. So you're, they're not players. They're not going to be playing for you. Okay. I, okay. So yeah. I'm bringing in Jeff Bezos because God knows how to make money. Yep. Um, I'm going to bring in. If we're starting a team, I'm going to bring in Jeff Bezos. I'm going to bring in, let's say, Mark Cuban. Um, Tom Brady, name recognition, get people in the building. Right. Um, and let's go. Uh, I'm curious of this. Robert Kraft. All right. Okay. So I got a, I got a, I got a question on that then. Uh, so we know who the face of it is, right? We know it's Tom Brady. He's the face. So if you're going to put out some advertising, you got Tom Brady, people are going to come. But are there too many cooks in the kitchen? With Robert Kraft, Mark Cuban, and Jeff Bezos? They all know how to make money. And I think that they'll all work together very well um, <laughs> because that's the bottom line is to make money and get a, give a good product to their fans. I mean, uh, you look at, at the Mavericks, top of the line, high-end stadium, you know, they, they, they give the best fan experience to them. You look at Robert Kraft, same thing, always constantly trying to – um, improve. And I think Robert Kraft will stay out of the GM's hair. And I think Mark Cuban will kind of do that. He's got too much other business things going on and just okay. the connections alone. Mark Cuban yeah. has is worth it. And this just knows how to make money to do. I mean, <laughs> plus all my games will be streaming on Amazon free of charge. Right. You know, I won't have to anything like that. So um, I think I've, I've, I've got a face. I've got a rec uh, the smarts of, of someone who can run a football organization at least and then i have you know all the money behind it and you know that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to make some money here I hear you know? you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make that right <laughs> <laughs> well you're you're definitely making uh money with bezos and cuban um craft isn't a dummy and then you're putting tom brady whatever he touches is gold so um i like the team i, I like the idea um surround I, i'm yourself curious with who yours people. is now though you know, nobody's ever asked me. I'm putting um, it on the spot. I want yours now. Yeah. So I would, um, man, that is tough. Um, I think I would bring in my mother first because I felt like she would, uh, be the motherly person. Uh, anytime I was a manager, um, at a previous job, 
Uh, I've had to hire an assistant always, usually got a girl for the simple fact that I'm so dude driven that I need a girl to kind of balance me out a little bit, such as my wife uh, balances me out. Um, and so gives me that. Um, and I don't want to work with my wife because I think that's too much time together. So let's bring in my mom. Um, and man, who would I else I want to bring in? I, uh, let me, you know what, let me bring in Shane Battier because I think he's a, a genius. I think he's a very good guy. I think he's smart at what he does business-wise and everything. Um, and I love Shark Tank, so I have to piggyback off yours and bring in Cuban. I think Cuban is an absolute genius, and I think he knows how to spin uh, business the right way. So uh, give me my mother. Give me Cuban, Battier. Um, Got one more. I know. Man, I wasn't prepared for this, as you weren't. Um, <laughs> Okay. I, I was on the fly too. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, you already yeah. made me look like the a-hole taking your mom. I'm like, Bob, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not eating with us. I'll toss you something on the side, but you're not on the big plate. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I don't know who else I'd bring. There's so many people I want to bring, uh, but let me get uh, my favorite player of all time. Let me, um, Cal Ripken Jr. I don't know why he seems to be a good guy. So if he's my favorite player of all time, let me go ahead and grab him. So, uh, two favorite players pretty much of all time, Kyle Ripken, Shane Battier, uh, my mother, and Mark Cuban. So, um, hey, good on turning that around, man. I like it. Yeah, you know, I, had to, I had to put it on you. All right. Well, uh, let's hop into a little bit more about you. Where can people find you at? Okay, so I'm on Twitter at Joshua underscore C underscore Allen. It's mostly Bucks talk on there. Um, so if you're not a Bucks fan, you might not enjoy it as much. But hey, I appreciate the follows. Trying to get that ratio up. Um, <laughs> you can also find me on the Audible every Thursday night here at 8.30, sometimes a little bit early, depending on how many guests we have lined up. Uh, we'll have tonight's show at 8.30. We have uh, Jamie Eisner from the Draft Network. He'll be coming in and breaking down some more draft talk. Last week, we had Justin Mello of the Draft Network. Um, I'm huge into the draft, so I'm excited to have these guys on who have been, you know, busting their butts for the draft network, you know, trying to figure out these prospects and learn more. And I've actually spoken to prospects and the agents and stuff like that. And, you know, people, scouts and stuff in the know. So having them on is going to be great. I love Kyle Berger on tonight. He's a local uh, ABC Action News. So we'll talk a little bit more Bucks about that. But that will be tonight, Thursday on Bucks Report. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Uh, so check for us out, out over there. Plus we have podcasts on Spotify and where you get your podcast Bucks Report there. Um, and then I jump on a bunch of different shows here and there on Bucks Report, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day, pretty much. Um, and then the locker room. You guys can find me on locker room, yep. uh, hanging out with Daniel and a bunch of the guys uh, on there talking sports, talking life, talking everything, culture, movies, whatever, wrestling. Um, if you guys are on our locker room app and you have Apple, I, I highly, highly implore you to get on there. It's a great way to talk sports and communicate with people from all over the world. Uh, we got people from Australia on there, Hong Kong, a lot of UK people. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. And to be able to get on there and just, you know, um, kind of shoot the breeze and, and talk about your favorite sports team or what's going on in the world, watch parties. Um, it's a lot of fun, uh, coming yeah. to Android soon. So stay tuned if you're not an Apple user. Yep. I like that. Shout out locker room. Um, you can find them at the locker room app, uh, very easy, but you can just put in locker room, um, you know, on your Apple device and it should be able to pull up the app pretty easily. Um, some funny about that is me and Josh were in the locker room the other day and we joined together to, uh, take on Hamilton. 
Yes. And we were the greatest showman. We went, it was a five round deal. You bring out your best, your, your best five songs and the first one to three wins and the people get to choose. And so little things like that, that people um, that you don't get normally in, in, in any other social media anywhere else. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Uh, Josh, are you doing anything the night of the draft? Isn't it uh, next Thursday? Next Thursday, I'll be, I applied for credentials, but because of social distancing, I was, um, I was denied, which was, you know, a bummer, but I'll be there next year in Vegas when uh, things are opening back up. Um, but I'll be at the Buccaneers stadium for their watch party there, covering it there uh, okay. on Thursday, Friday. Um, if you're in the Tampa area, which, or St. Pete area, which I'm not sure how many listeners are, we'll be at Ferg's. We'll also be there uh, Thursday as well. Uh, Ferg sports bar right across the street from the Tampa Bay uh, raised Tropicana field. So I'll be there live with the crew breaking down these second and third round picks. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to get back in the stadium. I just went for WrestleMania with my son, uh, two weeks ago and we were there for monster jam. Anytime you're back into, into a football stadium, it's like a, it's like the Holy grail place for me. I don't care if it's wherever, whatever stadium, unless it's that hard rock stadium, that was trash down in Miami, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I just, I love the atmosphere those, you know, being in a stadium brings and being there surrounded by, you know, um, Bucks fans and having covered the team in a Super Bowl year. I think it's gonna be a real special night. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and get into the draft. That's what kind of everybody's been uh, waiting for. Uh, let's get in hot and heavy on this man and uh, jumping right in the deep end. I want to know your best three overall players in the entire draft. Okay, we can do that. Um, I'm going to forego. Trevor Lawrence, can I do that? Because yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think he's I think the that's known a, number. One. That's that's a given. But yeah. if if we're looking at other players, I think you got to start at, at Kyle Pitts. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is an absolutely amazing prospect. Um, he's a tight end, but he's really not. Uh, his versatility allows him to line up in the slot, out wide as a wide receiver, as an H back in the backfield. He can do a, a plethora of things. He's got uh, great range, size, speed. He can you know go up and high point the ball. He can c- catch stuff in the slot. He's going to be an amazing uh, weapon for any offense that picks him up. Uh, he's probably the best tight end prospect we've seen in the draft in a very long time. A lot of people like to compare him to Vernon Davis. I think he's even more special than Vernon Davis coming out. Um, obviously this all requires, you know, going to a good system with a good quarterback and everything like that to see him really reach his development. But I think as far as a prospect, I don't think there's a a better one in the draft, non-quarterback than Kyle Pitts. Um, whoever takes him is going to be extremely happy (laughs) with that pick in, in my opinion. Um, my second guy is um, Penny Sewell, uh, tackle from Oregon. Yep. Uh, the guy's another one of these generational guys. Think Quentin Nelson of, of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he, he opted out last year, but if you look at his 2019 tape, the guy's just an animal. He's, he's, he's athletic. He's quick. He's, he can move. Um, you know, he's, he's got a good first punch to knock defenders off. He, he kind of can do everything um, that you're looking for in a left in a cornerstone franchise left tackle. Some a guy I, I would compare him to career wise, who I think will end up not necessarily as as a tackle is Joe Thomas. Wow. He's a guy that you draft, you plug, you, you plug and play him and, and he's your starter for the next 12 to 15 years. The, the guy's just absolutely um absolutely incredible as a prospect. Now, I don't think he really offers much versatility. He's not going to be able to really play guard for you, I don't think. 
Um, and he's strictly more of probably like a left tackle. But as left tackles go, he's probably, you know, hands down the best in the draft, in my opinion, uh, just, for, you know, for what he can bring. Um, some people have Rashawn Slater right there behind him. I'm not exactly sure about that. I, I think that it, it's head and shoulders. It, it's yeah. kind of Sewell. Um, I agree with that. Trying to bear with me here. No, you're fine. Yeah, I like Panay Sewell. I think he is. Um, I think that gap is pretty large. Um, I, I don't think there is many that are up to his standards. Um, and I'm curious with this number three person who you're going with. I have a couple people in mind. Um, whether or not you're going to go offense or defense. Um, but I have someone who I am, I'm a Cowboys fan. And so um, here in Memphis, we do a lot of Cowboys, a lot of Titans uh, because of Tennessee team out in Nashville. So curious where you go with that, because I have somebody, uh, probably two people I want the Cowboys to go both defensive. And so I'm curious if you're going offense or defense here. And, and I, I, you know, there's a lot of, so before I get into my third, there's a lot of discrepancy right now over, wide receivers. A lot of people think Jamar Chase is the guy. Um, I think Jalen Waddle will have a better career. I think J- Jamar Chase is definitely a special prospect, um, but I am going defense here. Okay. Um, I, I think there are some off-field concerns with this player, mm-hmm. um, but I really don't think they're as big as people are making. The guy's going to be an absolute stud. He, I think he ran a 4 3 in the, in the, at his pro day. Um, He's a sideline to sideline, very flexible, can play inside, outside. Um, uh, he's a guy that is another one of these kind of plug and play guys. You can start him right away. Um, and, and he's not going to skip a beat. Uh, but my third prospect that I think is probably the best in the draft, but is falling, you know, due to some character concerns um, is Micah Parsons. Ooh, there you go. Uh, I don't know if that's who you're thinking of. It was. Um, and, and I'm not saying the, uh, the Cowboys really need a linebacker, um, but it's hard, it's hard to pass up a guy that really, like you said, can run sideline to sideline, is a very good player, can, can drop back as well uh, if needed. So um, I'm a big fan of, uh, of him, uh, Micah Parsons. Uh, also a big fan of uh, the cornerback, um, Patrick Chaton, uh, but – whatever, you know, either, or give me, give me one of those two. And I'm a happy, happy Cowboys fan. Yeah. I mean, the size, the speed, the strength. I mean, he's just, uh, he, he's just a beast. Six, three, two forty six. I mean, he's got a big wing, uh, 78, 78 inch wingspan. The guy ran a four, three, six, 40. Like that, that's, that's incredible. You know, um, 34 inch vertical jump, 19 bench presses, you know, he, he he's, He's, he's a beast and, and combine that with his, you know, with his reaction time to movement and his, you know, mentality, you know, to be able to recognize and diagnose plays. Yeah. I think he's going to be a, a heck of a player. Uh, I have him currently going, uh, going number, uh, number 11 to the giants. I don't think, okay. although seven, I think Detroit could, could take a look at them yeah. depending on, you know, if Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, or if they want to take a quarterback like a Trey Lance is there. Um, right now I have him going to the giants at 11. I just think I, I, he could fall lower than that, but I just don't see wow. it. Wow. That would be crazy. Uh, and, and to kind of hit on that, I'm glad you gave us 11 because at the very end of this, I'm going to get your top 10 uh, mock draft um, just because I think that would be a very good uh, kind of spin on the, and, and kind of wrap, put a bow on all this. Uh, 
but someone who, and we're going to talk about, you know, who your most underrated player is now, um, being a Memphis, uh, because this is a Grizzlies podcast and out of Memphis, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. I don't know if you know a lot about him. Yes. He's, he's the running back out of Memphis, and he is absolutely amazing. He set out this year due to COVID, um, and so I believe that he could be a difference maker and someone that can go in and start on, a, on an NFL team, if not be the dual-headed monster and be picked up in the second, third. I'm not sure what his draft stock is right now but I think he'd be a very underrated player in this, but uh, give me who an underrated player is that just sticks out for you. Uh, yeah. Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell is definitely a guy um, that I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a underrated player, second, third round prospect. The guy can do it all catch. He can catch the ball. He can, he can run the ball at over 1400 yards rushing last year, over 600 yards receiving with 50 catches. The guy um, he's the prototypical back in the right. next in, at the next level the alvin Kamara types these yeah. guys the, the dj david johnson types the guy who can go out and put up give you a thousand yards rushing but also give you you know five six hundred yards receiving um and i think that's what we're, that's what the nfl is moving more towards um having those guys that can play both and, and be lined up you can line up out wide in the slot um he's a very versatile running back so i definitely agree with you there i think he is a guy who um who a lot of people are kind of, you know, kind of sleeping on a little bit. They might, you know, have like guys like Michael Carter or, or Trevor Trey Sermon above them yeah. uh, because of the names of North Carolina, yeah. Ohio State. Uh, you know, Chuba, uh, Chuba Hubbard is another guy who, you know, gets a lot of talk, you know, because of his name. Obviously, everyone right. calls it Chuba, uh, <laughs> Chuba Hubbard. But uh, anyway, to a pretty good school and ran pretty well at Oklahoma State, had some fumbling issues. But uh, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I think Peyton Turner from Houston. Um, I really like this guy's game. The first two years of his career, they had him at defensive tackle. Um, they ended up moving him outside, and that's where you saw him really flourish and really develop. Um, he's being talked about as probably a second-round pick, uh, maybe a third-round pick. Um, but as a defensive end, edge rusher prospect, uh, he kind of he, he's a little raw. But like a lot of these guys in in this draft. Um, you have questions about all of them. I mean, you have Gregory Russo's dropping the second rounds in some mocks. You have uh, Jalen Phillips concussion history. Quiddy Pay's got some questions, although he's probably the the best, you know, outside edge rusher. You have Joe Tryon. Um, another guy's got questions. Aziz Ujolare, Jason Alea, Joseph Osai, Carlos Boogie Basham. There's all questions around <laughs> these guys, and they're all like the 20 to 50 to 20 to 60, you know, 70 type of range where they're going to fall. But I really like Peyton Turner's game, doing a lot of uh, studying on him. I actually have us have the Buccaneers grabbing him in a trade up in the second round in my final mock draft or my second semi final mock draft. <laughs> Because I've been putting them out like every week. So I've got one coming out on Monday and then Thursday I'll have my final mock draft of the year uh, before the draft comes out for the Bucs. But I got have him grabbing him in the second round. I think he's a really good prospect. Another guy who kind of was, you know, was flying under the radar was Quinn Miners, center from Whitewater, Wisconsin. Um, guy's an animal. He played guard his entire career. They wanted to try him out at center at the senior bowl and he delivered big time. Um you know, working out with some of these position coaches in the offseason, getting ready. Uh, he's just a mean, mauler, small school type guy who made himself a lot of money at the Senior Bowl. So uh, I like I like him a lot as well. And I'll give you one more sleeper that no one's really talking about. Uh, Avery Williams out of Boise State. The guy is not going to be a starter in the league, really. Um, but he can give you 
uh, a great depth, and he can come in as a nickel cornerback, a dime cornerback in those sub packages. He's got the speed to also play some running back as well. So he's a two-way player, but not only is he a two-way player, he's also a dynamic punt returner, kick returner, and special teams player. He's like a cross, and this is what he referenced himself as, uh, Devin Hester and Matthew Slater. Wow. And I think any team could use one of those guys, um, let alone both of those guys. He's had nine touchdowns returned over his college career. He had five blocks um, in his touchdown and a forced fumble over his touchdown career on special teams. And as a cornerback, he, he played very pretty well too. So he's got that flexibility of cornerback, running back, and punt returner, kick returner, gunner, anything you want on special teams, the guy can do it, can do it great. I have him as like a fit. Uh, he's projected to be seventh. I have him going in the sixth, but I really think he's one of these guys who could, if, if, like a Bill Bell, they, they drafted Matt Slater in right. the fifth. I can see someone taking him early in the fifth because he can add value to um, in that nickel cornerback. And if we know anything about watching the NFL, you know, uh, with the three wide receiver sets, you're rarely in your base defense and you usually have three cornerbacks on the field at any given time. Yeah. Um, one, the knowledge that you have and you're spitting out right now is absolutely amazing. Uh, I think you rattled off five or six names in a row that I've never heard in my life. Uh, from <laughs> ago. Um but if you if you can play football, if you're a gamer, uh, if you're somebody who can do a little bit of everything, such as Matthew Slater for the um, for the Patriots, mm-hmm. you're gonna get on the field and you're gonna and you're gonna keep chipping away at finding a spot. And sometimes you don't need a position to be good in the NFL, uh, such as other sports. So um, that's a that's a huge uh, little diamond in the rough. Um, let's go overrated. Is there anybody that just sticks out to you that? that you're like, all right, he's getting too much love right now. He's not that good. Dare I say Jamar Chase? I mean, I think he's wow. going to be good, but I just think as the first wide receiver, looking at what Jalen Waddle have done, has done in the league, I think, I mean, at college, I think he's going to be the best wide receiver that comes out. Another guy, um, Zach Wilson, maybe, you know, okay. I, I – I mean, yeah, he made some good throws and some good plays in college, but is he really the real deal? Is he really the number two pick overall? Is he better than Justin Fields? I'm not sure. I think it's more potential with him. Okay. Same thing with a guy like Trey Lance. Um, not that I'm calling Trey Lance overrated, but, I mean, we really haven't seen enough of it to be consistent that we can say Trey Lance is a top five pick, top ten pick in the draft. Um, I think he's more of a developmental guy, and you know, I don't want to compare him to Jordan Love type, you know, not as a player, but as a prospect. I think that's kind of what you're looking at is a guy that's going to have to sit at least one year behind someone and to take that guy who's got to sit at least one year, you know, in the top 10. It's, it's kind of a gamble for teams. Um, another guy, uh, Christian Barmore. I think Christian Barmore is a one-trick pony. Um, defensive tackle out of Alabama. I am not in love with the prospect. Uh, I... I think he can definitely be be a, a good addition for a team, but don't ask him to try to do more than what he what he's good at doing, and that, and that's pretty much uh, pass uh, rushing the passer. He's not that great, undisciplined in the run game, um, and, and I think he's just kind of stubborn. Uh, Warren Sapp actually tried to work out with him and teach him some some of the ropes and. Uh, after like 20 minutes of working out, Warren Sapp threw his glasses advisor and walked off the field. Wow. And I was like, this kid just doesn't get it. And I'm, I'm not going to work with him anymore. Um, 
But another underrated guy, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman last year, uh, wide receiver from Minnesota, he, he battled COVID through the season. Um, and it really, you know, if, if you've had COVID, which I have, it throws you off. I think if, yeah. if Rashad Bateman was fully healthy last year um, and didn't have to go through that stint, I mean, the year before in 2019, he had over 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. Last year, it dipped down to 472 yards. But, um, you know, I think we're talking about him in the same breath that we're talking about Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. I think he's up there with those top guys. And anyone who gets him, I think, is going to be a complete steal. Uh, Gregory Russo was a guy who I thought was overrated, but he's coming back down to earth um, real hard. I mean, the guy was projected before the draft as being a top 10 pick, and now he's in some mocks and some boards, he's falling to the second round. And that's a difficult problem with this year is because of the volatility of everything that right. happened. And, and speaking with, you know, Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay, I mean, that's exactly kind of what they said with this year, because you had COVID-19. So you had player opt-outs, you had right. school opt-outs, you had conference opt-outs. Um, then you had shortened schedules with like the big 10 with, you yeah. know, um, Ohio state and Michigan and all the, they only played like six games this year. Um, then obviously player injuries, no combine. So instead of getting all the numbers and being able to talk to these players there at the combine, talk to the agents, everything's been done over Zoom conferences. And right. while they did that a little bit last year, they still have a combine beforehand. And we all know pro day numbers are, you know, they're pro day <laughs> numbers. You know, that's why the combine numbers and the pro day, you kind of compare and you get a, a, a happy medium or whatnot. But um, it, it's been very difficult. Um, for me and I know for scouts and I know for analysts to really get a solid big board, get a yeah. solid idea of where these guys are going. I mean, class, great example, uh, Davian Nixon, defensive tackle out of, out of Iowa. Uh, when we started this process right after the Super Bowl, at least I did, I had him as a potential first round pick for mm -hmm. the Buccaneers. Now I, he's probably a third, fourth round prospect. Um, just because of the lack of tape and the lack of inconsistencies in his game. Um, a lot of, I was just in a press conference with Jason Light, GM of the Buccaneers yesterday, and, and he pretty much echoed that, those same thoughts, you know, um, talking about how, you know, they're going to have to judge the tape more uh, of in 2019 um, than, than they are, uh, you know, last year, because, that's one of the, the biggest part, you know, it's different. If you want to compare apples to apples, you're going back to 2019 when everybody played in their normal year, you know, yeah. they're not discarding the 2020 tape, but what it boils down to really is grading the players, you know, on the tape and, and just, you know, stacking the board compared to the tape. And if you're looking at everyone's 2019 tape, um, you know, they're going to have people ranked higher. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. There's going to be some names that people have heard that they're going to fall to like the second or third round, or they're going to get taken in the first, first round. And you're like, what, what a right. reach. But right. because it's been such a volatile year with all this different stuff going on, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I am so excited. We're seven days away from the draft. Taking I know. Off. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it is almost like uh it's like a holiday in itself uh, building up to it. Uh, what I like, and I think it was the same, kind of same since this year in the NBA draft, less group think. So when somebody puts out, you know, you know, whatever their mock draft is and everybody thinks, Oh my God, they grabbed them and they were a second round like project projection. Well, actually there's less group think because it's not, everybody has kind of had them in like their little bubble in their aquarium. So 
Um, I love that it's like this because I want there to be absolute chaos on draft. Yes. <laughs> and you saw that with it. I think the NBA draft is a perfect example. Peyton yeah. Pritchard from the Celtics, right. perfect example. Everyone's like, he's a second round pick undrafted. And you saw what he's done with the Celtics. Yeah. Um, and there's other players too. There was some players that went undrafted, players that went in the second round, players that went in the late first. That, you know, because of the uncertainty, there was no combine at all for the NBA. And, you know, because of all that uncertainty, there was uncertainty where people were saying, you know, this draft isn't really good. This draft kind of, you know, you're only going to get, you know, solid players out of the first couple picks. And we're seeing that's not true. Um, yeah. we're, we're seeing people step up from all levels of the draft and even undrafted making impact in the NBA this year. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's going to happen in the NFL, too. There's going to be guys who go undrafted who are going to have really good careers this year just because of, you know, lack of everything that yeah. happened because of COVID. Yeah, you got to get them in front of you. Uh, but let's go ahead and hop into some uh, quarterback questions. I got three questions. These could go, you know, a little bit faster um, for sure uh, because they're kind of less time consuming. Um, how many uh, quarterbacks in round one, you think? Uh, five. Okay. Five. So I, I got Trevor Lawrence, Kyle, um, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, Fields, and Lance. Yeah. But I could see a scenario which Chicago or Washington trades up the number 32, number 30, number 30, uh, number 29 to grab a guy like Davis Mills or Kellen Mond if they follow up with him. I'm hearing a lot of love from Washington about Davis Mills. If they want that fifth year option, I could see them moving up for him. So it could be six, but five for sure. No Kyle Trask? Uh, Kyle Trask is a second, third round prospect okay. in my opinion. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, um, how quickly could the top five quarterbacks come off the board? Uh, one, two, three, four. Um, okay. And then that fifth one, they could all be gone in the top 10, to be honest with you. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson is guaranteed. The third quarterback, that's where we get interesting. If it's Mac Jones, I think all five go in the top 10. If it's not Mac Jones, I think we see four in the top 10 and maybe one slides. I think, um, and we'll get into the mock of where I, or yeah, what, what I think sure. will happen in a, in a little bit. But um, yeah, it, it all depends on number three with San Francisco and Mac Jones. If they take Mac Jones, like it's being reported, right. you know, then and, that and could now, play out. Yeah. And I always look at the betting lines because that's what I uh, pay attention to the most where my money goes. Um, yeah. I'm all, I'm seeing now that Justin Fields is kind of even odds um, with uh, Mac Jones, which is, mm. you know, that means that, Somebody is one, they, they had reports going out and they want to make sure that you know, nobody knows exactly where they're picking or there is really, you know, they, they don't know yet, but uh, you never know. And I will never trust a, a franchise of any. Sport. No, um, no well, it's, 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 you know, and now we're going to start seeing these things. We saw back with, uh, I don't know if you remember, um, Lar Laramie Tunsil yeah. with a gas mask thing right. came out with a, well, now there was a report out yesterday, coincidentally, after, you know, a few days after Trey Lance's second pro day, um, after Justin Fields had his pro day, that Justin Fields has epilepsy. Right, um, right. So, like, now that's like, okay, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. any team that doesn't, that hasn't scouted doesn't know this. You yeah. know, this is, this is information for teams. This is now information for the general public. But, you know, people trying to get that, that, that waiver going on. What yeah. were they going to take? For sure. Uh, all right. Last one, the QBs. Um, what team should draft a QB but won't? Mm. And this will lead into the mock. Um, I think the Falcons at number four should probably draft a quarterback. The problem is with the Falcons is 
You know, if, if Mac Jones does go number three, Justin Fields sitting there would be make so much sense to the Falcons because he's a Georgia guy. He grew up right. in Georgia. He played right. in Georgia before he transferred uh, to Ohio State. He was actually a better high school quarterback prospect coming out of Georgia than Trevor Lawrence, who's actually from Georgia as well. So not only are you getting an heir apparent to Matt Ryan, which unfortunately they redid his contract. So Matt Ryan's there for two years. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't move on from that contract. There's no getting out from that contract for the next two years because it's just such a massive cap hit. I think it's like 40 million each the next yeah. two years that you're going to have to eat to just move him, even if you trade him. So, um, you know, but having Justin Fields there, the Georgia guy, think of the merch you can sell, think of everything like that, you know, right. the story, everything. Um, but because of that Ryan, Matt Ryan contract, I don't think they will. I don't think they can afford to have a guy sit on the bench at the number five, uh, four overall pick, sit on the bench for two years. I, I just don't see that being a possibility for them. Um, so their best bet is to probably uh, move out of that pick. But I think they should definitely right. take one. Another guy, too, uh, Detroit Lions, you know, yeah. um, uh, the Carolina Panthers. If one of those guys, Justin Fields, Trey, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, uh, you got Jared Goff, you got Sam Darnold, but those are still question marks, you know. So, right. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I like those. Um, all right. Well, let's get into uh, some player versus player. Um, feel free to go in depth if you want to, uh, but there's no reason uh, to if you don't want to. Uh, we'll go ahead and start off with quarterbacks because that's what we're on right now, anyways. Um, yeah. Either or of these guys, uh, just tell me who you like better. Uh, Mac Jones or Trey Lance? Mac Jones is a pro-ready guy. Trey Lance is a project guy. I think Trey Lance could have the better career. I think Mac Jones comes in and he's able to start right away and give you good, solid production. If they're so, so as we do this, uh, if they're both on the the draft board, both available, and you're picking with your next pick, you know, make up your team, whatever. Who are you uh, picking? So I'm, I'm I'm a Patriots fan. So if I'm picking for the Patriots, give me Trey Lance. All right, Trey Lance. behind Cam Newton. Trey Lance versus uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields all day. Justin Fields, Zach, Zach Wilson. Versus Justin Fields? Yep. That's a tough one. Because I'm giving them a year to sit behind Cam Newton, I'll probably go Zach Wilson. Um, I No, Justin Fields. Okay. Justin Fields. All right. Well, then the uh, last one, this should be an easy one. Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence versus <laughs> everybody. I mean, that's easy. All right, let's go uh, other offense position. Um, running back, uh, Travis Etienne. Is it Etienne? Etienne? Yeah, Travis okay. Etienne. Yeah. Uh, Javante Williams, who you got? Javante Williams. Most complete back. He's a little bit smaller, but he can catch, he can run, and he's the most proficient pass blocker in the draft. All right, well, I'm, uh, Javante Williams versus Najee Harrison. Still Javante Williams. Wow. I think Najee Harris is a – he's a solid, strong, powerful runner, but he did what most Alabama backs don't do, and he came back for another year. A lot more tread on his tires. I believe he's going to be 23 or 24 entering the league. We know running backs have a short lifespan. Um, and I just like the all-around game of Javante Williams – compared to what Najee brings. Not that he's a bad player. Right. I think Najee is the first running back off the board. And then I think it's a toss-up between Etienne and Javante Williams. Just for me, I like Javante Williams the most as, as a prospect in this draft. Uh, any one of them you would grab in the first round? Depending on needs, yes. I, I mean, a lot of people – so if I'm Miami, I don't take a running back at 18. I try to trade down and grab one. But I would draft Najee Harris in the first round. More likely scenario for me if I'm Miami, you have a plethora of picks this year, next year, the year after that. Use 36 to move back up in the in the first round okay. to grab Najee Harris. If I'm the Jets, I'm, I've got so many problems on, on this team. Running back is the least of my concern. I'm not doing it. And if I'm the Steelers, I definitely could use a running back, give some pressure off Big Ben. 
but I don't yeah. have an offensive line for them to run around. Right. Marquis Pouncey, uh, Angela Villanueva is not there. They're, who's gonna Who's gonna block for the running back? So a sleeper team take a, take a running back like a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. Buffalo Bills. How sold are they on Devin Singletary? I know they yeah. like Zach Moss a lot. They're seeing every down back. I think the Bills could definitely be uh, in the in the running for one of these running backs. I think they prefer to trade back and pick up Fryermuth to fill up that tight end position, um, or take a cornerback like uh, like Eric Stokes or, or um, uh, one of those guys, Sante Samuel Jr. Maybe, but uh, I wouldn't sleep on them picking a running back. And the Bucks too. Bucks could pick a running back. That's true. Truly, best player available for them. If Naj is the best player, if they think Javante is the best player, they're taking him. Okay. Um, I like that. All right, let's go to the other offense, offense position, uh, the wide receiver. Uh, Kandarius Tony versus Rondell Moore. That's a tough one. Um, give me Kandarius Tony. I like that. Rondell Moore's size scares me. Um, yep. I, uh, I do like Kandarius Tony. I'm a, I'm a Gators fan, so I was glad you said that. Dude, he's 5'7", um, you know, 170 pounds. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Tony is so good. He's he's quick. He, he's a possession receiver, can be for sure. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he can return the ball, which is uh, always a, a bonus for you. Um, all right, well, uh, let's go. Kendarius uh, Tony versus uh, Devontae Smith. Another small guy, but I just you can't you can't downplay the production. Devontae yeah. Smith. All right, well, uh, Heisman uh, Trophy winner. All right, well then, Devontae Smith versus Jalen Waddle, two Alabama guys. Uh, give me Jalen Waddle on that one. All right, Waddle versus Jamar Chase. Like I said, I think Jalen Waddle will end up having the best career out of all these wide receivers. Give me Jalen Waddle over Jamar Chase. Wow. All right, yeah. let's keep it going. Uh, I, I know we do have defensive players on here um, as the edge rusher. Uh, anybody that just sticks out to you um, that you can just your, – your top edge rusher? Uh, Quiddy Pay is my top edge rusher okay. right now. Um, but I think Jalen Phillips, he does have the concussion history, was forced to retire, unretired, came out and had a monster season at Miami. I think if everything pans out with no injuries and stuff like that, there's, there's a lot of these guys have injury injury risks that could be potentially the best player at their position. Um, Jalen Phillips, I think, could be the best edge rusher in this class um, over Quiddy Pay. I just think Quiddy Pay right now doesn't have the health concerns, is a really good guy. I, I like uh, – Ojalari a lot too. Um, I think Joe Tryon has a lot of upside. Um, uh, Jason Olea, uh, he's a good player too, as well as Joseph Asai. There's some good edge rushers. The problem is they're all a little bit raw. Um, yeah. and, and that's the problem. But but I think Quiddy Pay is the best right now on my board. But I think that Phillips could be better if he stays healthy for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we know tight end Kyle Pitts, um, and then the offensive line, Panay. So, um, defensive line, uh, I think we talked about that. Uh, you're not really sold on Christian, um, is it Bar- Barmore? Barmore, yeah. yeah. I'm not sold on any of these guys, really. Okay. Um, Levi Onzo Warike out of Washington, I think he's a good player. There's good players, but are they impactful players? I think all these guys are going to need time. Jay Tufele is another guy I like inside, outside uh, versatility, especially if you know you play a 3 4, you can play five tech. Uh, Bobby Brown as, an, as a penetrator, I like him a lot. Darius Stills is a mean pass rusher. Um, there's some guys, Cam Sample, uh, one of my favorite guys in the draft can play defensive line and edge rusher. I like him a lot. Uh, there are definitely some guys in the draft. Tommy Togai of, of Ohio State, more of a pass rusher. Ali McNeil, he's a big nose tackle, quick on his feet, eat up blocks. Uh, there's some guys I like, but it's not necessarily deep. 
and it's and you know these guys aren't going to be world beaters like usually there's more this draft is weird because it's usually heavily loaded like you, you have like a lot of good prospects i mean look at last year look at to me there's only maybe 12 first round talent and everyone else is second which if you move those you know guys in the second you know first rounders that are i think are second round talent down the line i mean these guys were talking about our third fourth round type of talents and because of lack of lack of really strong a strong draft and strong players um and having it be a little bit weaker i think you're going to see some of these guys go early than they would just because there's no choice i mean right yeah you gotta draft somebody there <laughs> yeah there's not as many high 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 uh high-end players in this draft it's just what it is yeah uh, a lot of our, movement i think a lot of yeah. trades a lot of movement i i hope i hope uh cornerback what is the last last ones on the cornerback and then we'll move into your uh your mock draft um uh, J.C. Horn versus Asante Samuel Jr. J.C. Horn. Okay. Uh, Horn versus uh, Patrick Sertan from uh, Bama. That's a, that's a tough one, but give me Patrick Sertan there. I think he's most well-rounded corner. All right. Sertan versus Farley. Caleb Farley out of uh, Virginia Tech. This is a tough one because if Farley checks out medically, he's another one of these guys that I talked about medicals uh, with Jalen Phillips, Caleb Farley. Leonard Dickerson's another guy with medical issues, you know, um, if his medicals check out, I think Caleb Farley can be the best quarterback in, in the draft. Uh, I, I just love his potential, but he's following now into the 20s, sometimes even in the second round, wow. pick 32, he's been there in some of these mocks I've done. Um, it's difficult to like put a to put a pin on it because you're, you're really not sure. The back injury, he had back surgery this offseason uh, as well. Um, can he recover from that? We've seen guys like Gronk you know, have back surgery before the draft and he came out fine and was, you know, a player and probably the best tight end to ever do it uh, right up there with Tony Gonzalez. Um, he also had to retire early. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I'll go Patrick Sutan right now based on medicals, okay. but I think Farley could be the number one easy. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's hop into your, uh, your mock draft and we'll get out of here with that. Um, so as you go, we'll go, but give us uh, let's start at one. Uh, we know it's Trevor Lawrence, so go ahead there. Well, yeah, number one is definitely Trevor Lawrence, quarterback at a Clemson. That's an easy one. Uh, he's the face of the franchise for Jaguars. Been the number one pick since his freshman year when he brought Clemson to a title. So uh, number two is Zach Wilson to the Jets. I just, you know, they love this pro day. Pro day looked great. Uh, they need a quarterback. Now they moved on from Sam Darnold. I don't think that Fields jump frog jump you know, leapfrogs over here. And it's going to be, it's going to be Zach Wilson. I'm buying the talk at number three about Mac Jones going okay. to the 49ers. I know people said neck and neck. Um, and a lot of been like, Oh, it's a smoke screen. It's a smoke screen. Mac Jones. Is you don't have to smoke screen. Anybody. The jets are taking Zach Wilson. The pan, the, the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. Who are you smoke screening? What are right. you doing here? You know, you traded all these first round picks to get up here. You're taking a quarterback. Everybody knows you're taking a quarterback, you know, and when, you know, Adam Schefter and some of these, you know, big guys say they, they're taking Mac Jones, you know, like I said earlier in the, in, in the show, they're judging players by tape and, you know, a pro day, a second pro day is not going to change what the tape looked like in 2020 and 2019. Uh, Mac Jones is, is the guy for me here. Number four is where it gets interesting. This is where I think Atlanta would be best to trade down. I said they should take a quarterback. I don't think they will take a quarterback. They could take Penny Sewell or Kyle Pitts, but they already have pretty good offensive power. They need defensive help, and there's nobody here at Ford to really draft that defense um, without being considered a reach. Um, 
like I said, Micah Parsons is my third best prospect because of uh, different situations going on off the field. I think he slides a little bit. I'm going to either have Denver moving up from nine here okay. um, and, and grabbing uh, a quarterback, or I'm going to have the Patriots on the farm, you know, after all the money they spent and moving up here um, wow. to, to grab Justin Fields. And I think uh, the, the package, it, it comes down to a preference. Do they want to move all the way to 15? Or do they want to stay at nine? You know, nine gives them the best shot at a guy like Patrick Sertan or a guy like Michael Parsons or a guy like one of these guys. Well, you can at 15, you can still get a guy like Quiddy Pay or maybe J.C. Horn or Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley. Um, because I'm a Patriots fan, I'm biased. And the Patriots move up to number four and they draft Justin Fields. They give uh, their first, third this year, their first and second this year, uh, next year, and they draft Justin Fields at number four. So Pat's going up here, number four. Wow. Um, next on my board is the Cincinnati Bengals. It makes sense to take Penny Sewell here, right? Yeah. You got to keep your guy protect, protected, <laughs> exactly. but they invested a first round pick in Jonah Williams and they just signed Riley Reef. This is a cheap organization. They do not want to pay players not to play out, of, you know, to, to not have them play. Riley Reef doesn't really have inside guard flexibility. And if you drafted a guy, at, you know, in the first round to play left tackle, um, while he can play guard, will he be happy playing guard? I don't know. So, they go and they reunite their guy. Mm. With Jamar uh, Chase? Jamar Chase God. with Joe Burrow. So God. the rich get richer. That wide receiving core right now looks like Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and, and, um, and, T, and T. Higgins. So oh, T, yeah, 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 AJ Green went to the Cardinals. So I forgot the rich that. get richer here with with, with wide receiver help. And uh, I think this, this draft is so good on offensive linemen, you can get a starting tackle or starting guard. You can get Wyatt Davis in the second round. You can get a guy like, you know, Sam Cosby and Liam Eikenberg in the second round, and they're going to be fine for you. This is a very heavily um, heavy draft offensively. Um, You're passing on the best tackle, but that's the way it is. Which brings us to Dolphins at six. For the Dolphins at number six, we're going to take here Kyle Pitts. I mean, you just – how do you pass that up? Yeah. Get him another weapon. I know everyone said offensive line could be, but they drafted Austin Jackson in the first round. They drafted Robert Hunt. They drafted Solomon Kindy. Three guys that came in. They they brought in Matt Sakura, center for the Ravens. So I think their offensive line is pretty good. And they can always get one either at 18 with a Tevin Jenkins or a Christian Derrissaw, or they can, you know, wait for the second round, third round. They have two second round picks. So I mean, you know, you can you can get some solid offensive line. That moves us to seven, the Detroit Lions. I think they would have loved to have Jamar Chase here. I think that's what they're hoping for. Trey Lance is on the board for them. So is Mac Jones. I don't know if those are routes they want to go um, with a quarterback, with Jared Goff being under there for the next year. They have a plethora of first-round picks. So let's have them trade back here. Penny Sewell's still on the board. They're going to move back a few spots. Uh, Chargers are going to come up here. At number 13, they're going to give their third this year, their, their second next year. And then the Chargers are coming up at seven, and they're going to draft Penny Sewell. Get their protection for Justin Herbert. They get the best tackle in the draft. Um, and they're excited to have them. And you know who's excited too? The, the Lions are having more picks to be able to move, have that flexibility to move up and get yeah. a quarterback if they want to in the next two years. They'll have two first-round picks and two second-round picks for the next three years. So uh, I, think they'll, I think they'll like that. Um, <laughs> Number eight, Carolina's super mad right now that the Chargers traded up because they wanted to grab Penny Sewell, uh, yeah. thinking that you know Detroit might grab a, a quarterback or or maybe a wide receiver here. That's not going to be the case. They're going to stay where they're at. They're going to take Rashawn Slater here um, at number eight overall. That's what they're going to end up doing here. Uh, at number nine, the Broncos are 
very happy to have Trey Lance fall right into their lap. They're going to take Trey Lance here. Mac Jones is still on the board. Could a quarterback go and all five quarterbacks go in the top 10? We shall see. But at number 10, we're going to go with the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan, quarterback, cornerback from Alabama. They need secondary help. They thought about trading back possibly, uh, you know, Chicago and Washington both called, but they're going to take the best cornerback on the board. 11, Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah. 12, Jalen Waddell. 13 is the Lions again. They're going to they're gonna trade back because Micah Parsons is their guy, and they're going to trade back with the Bears, pick up an extra second or third round, second round pick next year, and they're going to grab their quarterback. Mac Jones goes around number 13. Wow. Uh... Dude, that was really good. I'm like literally, I'm looking at both uh, Mel Kiper and Tom McShay's stuff, and and you're one hitting close to what they're doing a little bit, but the movement with the trades is um, it made sense as you explained it, but also just you know reading what they said exactly the same thing. They're saying the same thing, but you making trades and making it happen, I think gives some of those teams they had people taking uh, a better pick just from a, a simple trade, but. Uh, because this is a, a Memphis uh, podcast and because we are, uh, some of us are Tennessee Titans fans, uh, not I, but uh, let's slide all the way down to 22 uh, with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, anybody that you have them taking here? Uh, so the Tennessee Titans have uh, a few options on the board for them, hopefully at 22 that they're really excited about. One of those guys is Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. I told you earlier that right. if he had a good season, didn't get, didn't get COVID and was able to you know, be completely healthy, I think he'd be right up here with these other three wide receivers in the conversation. Rashad Bateman, after they lost Corey Davis, Jonah Smith, I think he would be a, a, a great player to plug in next to an A.J. Brown and give that offense another dynamic, um, you know, with King Henry and Tannehill back there. Another guy I think they, they, they would like to, Aziz Ujolari, edge rusher from Georgia. They lost Jadavon, Jadavian Clowney. This guy's a better rusher. Obviously, if you were a Titans fan, you didn't really get much out of Clowney. When he did, he was more of a run stopper. This guy can do both. He can drop back in coverage. He can rush the quarterback. Ujolari would be a great pick for them. Uh, another guy, they just lost. I mean, I know they drafted Fulton last year at LSU, mm-hmm. but they just lost both of their cornerbacks, Adore Jackson and Malcolm uh, Malcolm Butler. A uh, guy who could be here, Greg Newsom, the second. I like him a lot out of Northwestern. Uh, another guy that could potentially be there, Caleb Farley, we talked about. If they if they're, they clear his medicals, he'd be a great pickup at, at that pick. Um, potentially the best cornerback in the league in the, in the draft, be able to slide and grab him at this number. Um, and then finally, um, I know it might not be a need right now, but I think Zaven Collins, if he's there, linebacker out of Tulane, is or Tulsa rather, is the perfect fit for what Mike Vrabel loves. I think he's a Mike Vrabel guy. You watched the pro day. It was actually John Robinson, the GM, doing the drills with Zaven Collins. And up close, seeing this guy, I think they would love to have him. Any one of those prospects I named, I think they'd be ecstatic to have. Um, you're seeing Greg Newsom move up a, a lot on the boards. You're seeing Rashad Bateman move up a lot on the boards, especially if, you know, the, the, the Dolphins do take a, a position other than wide receiver at 18. That could be a play. Uh, Ojolari could be, I think is the third best edge rusher. He could be off the board. So if any of those guys are there for them, I think they're ecstatic and they, you know, they, they definitely have, uh, their choice of those guys. Yeah. Uh, that, that's so much info. um and that's and that's one why i wanted to have you on here because uh your knowledge of the nfl in itself but uh i know you do bucks but you do the nfl uh let's just Mm. be honest you you know so much about it 
Uh, and that's what's so good about this is, you know, we're a week away from the draft and we know a lot could change. But being this close to the draft, not much is going to change until draft day uh, because there, there could be, a, 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 you know, some kind of a trade of some sort. But more than likely, we're in the home stretch uh, and we hope that they save all their trades for draft day because that's more fun. Uh, but I've had um, a lot of fun today. I've had a blast. Uh, I, I, if, if the Cowboys, I me mean, being selfish, if the Cowboys can somehow get a good cornerback, uh, whether they <laughs> pick at 10 or trade back to 15, I care less because I feel comfortable taking a cornerback, uh, you know, wherever. So uh, as long as that happens, uh, but anything well, else you got? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. One thing the Cowboys could do is they could kind of flip the script here, right? They could take a guy like Quiddy Pay at 10 and line him up next to Demarcus Lawrence and then grab a quarterback in the in the second round. Guys could be there. Aaron Robinson out of uh, UCF is a good guy. Uh, mm -hmm. Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Asante Samuel, they could trade up. Actually, my first Bucks mock draft, I had them drafting um, drafting Pay in the first round and then trading back up to 32 mm -hmm. um, with their 44, their second-round pick, and their compensatory third-round pick that they gained and grabbing um, – grabbing a, a Sante Samuel Jr. or one of these cornerbacks. Wow. So, I mean, they could be movers. They have that extra pick. Anytime teams get that extra pick um, in the comp, they're more likely – it's, it's a free pick. Now you're playing yeah. with, with house money. So, yeah. um, you know, that's uh, that's definitely something I could see them doing. But I think I think cornerback and defensive edge are, are, are two picks they could go with. And either way you swap them. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be good edge rushers at 44, good cornerbacks at 44, and, and you know, obviously the top cornerbacks at 10, um, but also one of the top pass rushers at 10 as well. Um, they could trade back. I know they said they're open to trade back, right. and I know Jer good old Jer, uh, he's in love with <laughs> Kyle Pitts too. So, I mean, they could trade up with, with the Falcons and try to grab Kyle Pitts. Not like they need more offense on that team, right. but th they definitely could do that. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is a game changer, and the way the NFL is going, uh, it's hard for linebackers to guard him. Uh, he's almost he's too big for cornerbacks to guard him. Uh, he's just so good, and and as we all saw, um, just watching Bill Belichick and the Patriots for so long, you can do so much with with a tight end, and and, and he can block. I, I'm a I'm a Gators fan, and so I watched him. He can block enough. But he does so much. He, he is a, just a, a really big uh, wide receiver that can do so much. So um, I think he is a game changer. And I think he'll make whoever he goes to happy. I hope it's Absolutely. not the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> my, my brother's a Dolphins fan. And so, one, I would hate that because he would tell me all the time how much uh, Kyle Pitts is amazing. Uh, but I'll definitely be trying to draft him early in my fantasy. Uh, Absolutely. Football. One other thing I want to talk about, too, is 41%. And you might not know what I'm talking about, but as soon as I mention it, you're going to know. 41% is the three-point <laughs> three-point rate that the that the Grizzlies are shooting right now in the month of April. About the month <laughs> of April, 41%. That's been the, they're the best scoring team in the month of April combined. What do you think has been the turnaround for this team? And, and obviously, they're getting JJJ back too. Yeah. So, um, so last night we had a bad game against the Clippers. Uh, it was uh, pretty much they played no starters for Marcus Morris. Uh, and that was a sad game to watch uh, because they let an 18-point lead evaporate over the course of three quarters. Uh, but uh, the Grizzlies shot terrible. As you said, uh, the, the percentage that they're shooting in April has been amazing, except for last night. So I don't want to put a downer on that, uh, but they're playing so well. 
And Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back on this Grizzly team is absolutely amazing. Uh, he's going to be uh, such a good player in the future, but now as well. Uh, and, and spinning on that, let's talk a little bit more Grizzlies. What's your thoughts on Ja Morant? Do you love him? Hate him? I, I mean, <laughs> if, so I have to talk good about John Morant. Sean <laughs> Coleman, also another Memphis guy. Um, you know, he he screams at the top of his lungs about John Morant in the locker room. Again, if you guys are, they make sure you get on there. Yeah. But uh, John Morant, yeah, he's he's a great young player. I think he's got still more room to develop. Um, you know, still in that rookie deal. He's going to get a big contract coming up here soon. Um, but I would put him in like the Jalen Brown level. Um, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown. Ooh, I think I he'll be. I think he'll be that kind of player in the league um, with the ability to take that step up. I'm not sure if he'll ever be, you know, if we're talking about just young players, we're talking about like, you know, I think Luke is obviously at the top. And then you have the guys like Jason Tatum, maybe Zion in that next kind of tier. I think, you know, does he have the ability to get there? Yeah, for sure. Um, it all just depends on what's around him. And JJJ, I think, is going to definitely help him take that next step and, and you know, help him evolve as a player as well, opening up more things for him. Um, you know, just being the the absolute beast that he is. So the unicorn, uh, we call him yeah. the unicorn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. I love him. Uh, and I one player you just talked about was uh, Jalen Brown. Love Jalen Brown. Drafted him in my NBA uh, fantasy uh, draft this year. He has been very good. I like him a little bit more than Tatum. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that too loud, but. Uh, That's fine. That's I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of what he brings to a team. Uh, I know Tatum is very good, but I love Jalen Brown. And um, I, you know, I love Brad Stevens as well. I know he came from college. At, uh, and so I think he's a really good coach. I love the Boston Celtics. I know uh, you're obviously a, a, a fan of them, uh, but I just want to uh, just shout out those guys. But the Grizzlies have played well. Uh, I think they'll be a fun, fun team to watch uh, going down the stretch. Uh, just as much fun as this podcast is uh because you kind of gave us a lot of information uh i feel like i knew a little bit about the draft <laughs> and i feel like i know so much more um and i know we we spoke in depth about a lot of positions a lot of players and i'm happy about it uh one player i i hope does well um is riley patterson kicker out of memphis he's so good um, i watched him live many times i watched him in person whatever um, and the guy is a good dude but he's also a really good kicker and his stats don't show exactly um, what the other people's stats are is because he, he kicks so many kicks from 50 plus yards um, and that's why if you look at his field goal percentage um, it wasn't as good uh, but riley patterson um, a talent that played here in memphis uh, for the university um, is so good and i think he'll be you know definitely drafted this year and I think he'll be a kicker for the next 10 plus years. Uh, you know, we only produce good kickers here in Memphis. Uh, Steven <laughs> Gustowski, uh, to name just one of them. So, uh, yeah, Steve, he was great for a while. And then, uh, and he fell kind, off. Of, kind of fell off hard. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but one of the most accurate kickers in the league, you know, while he was with the Patriots, you know, so. It was, yeah. It was yep. Amazing. Uh, shared a shared a few beverages with uh old steven he was a baseball player back in the day so oh that's uh, awesome uh shared a few back in the day before he became steven gostowski uh, and, and just kind of a, a weird weird thing uh, matt kane steven gostowski uh, at our halloween party just hanging <laughs> out having some uh beverages uh, we'll say and uh you look back you know 15 20 years later and you go whoa so we were the same part of life. What happened to me? <laughs> but uh, those guys uh, took on a life of their own. But 
but thank you for joining us, Josh. Um, I know that you have a show. I'm going to put this out today as a special, uh, and we're and we'll do this. If you're hearing this, uh, we'll do a, a more in depth, uh, just a solo pod coming out Monday, like I always put out. Uh, but it'll be very, you know, it'll be shorter, but it'll be more in depth than the Grizzlies only. I want to put this out because this is NFL, so we're going to combine the two podcasts. We're just going to separate them. Uh, but you're having a show tonight on the locker room at what time? Is that correct? Well, it's on Bucks Report. Um, okay, on Bucks Report. I, I'm trying to work out the technology to get on the locker room. I guess it's like an iRig and mixer and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. So, yeah, neither do I. So, <laughs> hopefully, I'll be able to do my show live on, on YouTube, Twitter, and, and Facebook. It's called Bucks Report, B U C S Report. Uh, go ahead and follow us there. And um, yeah, they will we'll be live there tonight. Like I said, I'll be talking to Jamie Eisenberg of the Draft Network. Uh, knows, you know, you thought I got some good information. He's going to come with fire tonight. Yeah. Um, so I'll have that tonight, eight thirty Eastern time. Uh, look for look for that. But otherwise, you guys again follow me on Twitter at Joshua underscore C underscore Allen. Um, if you want to follow me in the Bucks and what's going on here. But I want to thank you for giving me the time to come on here and. Uh, talk a little draft. I, I always love talking draft. I'm actually going to have a podcast right now after this at noon that I'm going to be talking some more draft. So uh, <laughs> it, it's something that I've done since like 2004, since I was like, you know, wow. a junior in, in high school. I always looked at it. There's a website called Football's Future. And what they do is they do like um, team mock drafts. So everyone in your forum, you know, line uh, gets a role. Like this guy's a scout for cornerbacks and this guy's a GM and this guy's a cap person. It's all cap and stuff like that. So it's been something I've done like since then to just, you know, mock scouting players, mock drafting players, uh, doing mock off seasons and stuff like that. So it's something that I love to do. Um, I love football season, but this season yeah. I, I love a lot as well, the off season. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, and uh, I can kind of tell it's time to get out of here. My dog is getting antsy. She wants me to let her out. She will not quit bothering me. So I know it's time to get out. But I want to thank you for your time. It's been a blast. Um, yeah. I know so much more. Now we're a week away from the NFL draft. Okay. Don't miss it. I appreciate you, Josh. Absolutely. I'll talk to you in the locker room. All right, man. I want to thank Josh again for coming and hanging out with us. Um, he brought it. He absolutely brought it. And so I am so happy that we were able to have him on here. Um, if you're an NFL fan, as most of us are, you have to eat that up. The NFL draft is so much fun, as well as any draft. The NBA draft was so much fun. Uh, but this will be a lot of uh, a lot of fun this year. And, and hopefully, hopefully, there is absolute chaos because that's what I live for watching these drafts but uh we're not going to take much time uh this week uh this was a special episode that we're putting out on a different day i will bring you a solo pod it will not be long and it will not be that in depth but we have a lot of grizzlies games that are coming up as i talked about during the interview the grizzlies dropped such a bad game last night and so i don't want to talk about it i'm hoping that we go into Portland and steal some games. I would love to go one and two there. I'm sorry, one and one. Take one up two there. Uh, and that would actually um, make me feel a little bit better. But if we go into Portland and drop two games, Monday could be a bad podcast. I'm, I'm still hot from last night. I'm still hot. It was hard to go to bed. I was not exactly happy. Uh, but I don't want to get too uh, in-depth in that. So um, 
I'm glad that we were able to talk a little NFL. This is a NBA Grizzlies podcast, but I think you'll appreciate it as much as I did. Uh, but let's uh, let's go out and have another good week, and let's get some Grizzlies wins. Be nice and tell your friends. <laughs>